Well, good morning. Welcome to Stuttgart Harvest Church. We're glad that you're here this morning on this Resurrection Sunday. Um, we're beginning a brand new series this morning called Losers, Finders, Keepers, Weepers. And I know for me, I hate to lose. I'm not a good loser. I, I'm not a good loser. I get mad when I lose. And usually, I mean, it's not mad at somebody else. I get mad at myself when I lose. And when I lose, I kind of feel alone because it seems like everyone else is a winner. Um, you know, there's some great quotes out there to motivate you um, so that you're not a loser. And I searched the internet and found probably the most motivational, inspiring quote that I could find. And so James is going to put it on the screen for us. This is it right there. Yeah. Thank you, Dodgeball. I mean, we've got a lot of great quotes because of Dodgeball. That's a great movie. I have had my fair share of losing. I have lost in probably just about every way you can lose. Um, I lose a lot, except for weight. I don't lose weight very well. I'm not a good weight loser, but everything else I'm pretty good at losing. But you know, growing up in America, we like to win. It's as if it has been ingrained in us and taught to us, because after all, this is America, and... We have Chuck Norris. No other country has Chuck Norris. So, of course, we're going to win. We're going to be the winners. That's probably where the phrase came from, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Um, if you go to the bookstore and you're looking for a book, you're going to find, if you go to the business section, book after book after book about how to win at business. If you go over a couple of aisles to the relationship aisle, you're going to find book after book after book about how to win in relationships. If you are like me, when you rent a movie or buy a movie or go see a movie, you want a movie where the right people are going to win at the end of the movie, if you're anything like me. At your job, you want to win. At school, you want to win. In politics, you want your political party to win all the seats and all the positions, right? In Little League, you want to win. In junior high sports, you want to win. High school sports, you want to win. The Arkansas Razorbacks, we remember what it was like when we won. <laughs> we want to win. In NASCAR, you want to win. Who's your driver, right? You want to win. In the Olympics, that's back to good old America. We want to win. We want to hear the national anthem play. We are taught to win. That's what we're taught. And we want to win. And we don't want to be a what? Loser. <laughs> we don't want to lose. You're familiar with this phrase. Um, winning isn't everything. And who said that? A loser. <laughs> There's more to life than winning. Who did they tell that to? The loser. We don't like to lose. We don't want to lose. It kind of goes against everything we have been taught and everything we hold dear in our culture and even our national pride. But, you know, then comes along this guy, if, if you were around in the 90s, there was this guy named Ted Turner, 
He's the one who founded the CNN. Ted Turner, here's what he had to say. I'm going to quote him on this. He said, Christianity is a religion for losers. I didn't like that. I, I, I don't like that. And I don't want to hear that. You know, that may be one of the reasons why it is difficult as you talk to people in America for sure, that you talk to them about following Jesus. Let me explain that. It seems to me that when a Christ follower looks at a coworker and they come into work on Monday morning and they hear the stories that the coworker is talking about and the stories they're telling about their weekend, then the Christ follower might think, wow, they get all the fun. What? And they hear the plans then being made for the following Friday. And the Christ follower might think, I'm kind of on the losing end of that. Maybe you're a single person. And for you, perhaps you've been waiting and waiting and waiting on that person that you feel like God is going to send you. And you might be thinking, has God forgotten about me? And you look at your friends and maybe they're always in relationships, relationship after relationship. And even if they break up, they're back in a relationship so quickly. And maybe they're moving in and out of beds and relationships. And you're thinking, I'm on the losing end over here waiting, trying to do what God has asked me to do. And I think God's forgot about me. I feel like I'm losing. Maybe... Maybe we are losing. At work, as you are trying to progress and be promoted and do better and get raises and get new positions within the company or within the place you work, maybe you're finding it very difficult. Maybe you're trying to be a person of integrity and you're trying to be honest and you're trying to do the right thing. And then maybe there's this coworker who is living kind of in the gray area. And maybe they seem inside of that gray area to be getting the raises and the promotions. And maybe you look at that and you say, I feel like I'm on the losing end. It feels like I'm losing. It feels like following Jesus is making me a loser. And nobody wants to lose. That makes following Jesus very unattractive. Here's the thing. Jesus was very clear, though. Let me give you the actual words of Jesus. We find them in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. Listen to this. It will be on the screen. If you try to hang on to your life, in other words, if you try to keep it, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, in other words, if you lose your life for my sake, Jesus said you will save it. Now, that's not really a popular view. But Jesus was very clear that our culture that we live in is absolutely wrong. Jesus is saying, losers, finders, keepers, weepers. Jesus is saying that if we lose we will find. But if we try to hang on to it, 
then we lose. Let me give you the context of what Jesus is saying here. There were some events happening that surrounded that statement that he made. Let me just kind of give you uh, a synopsis of what was going on there. Jesus had his disciples gathered around him, and he had just told them some very critical, important information. He said this to them. He said, I am going to be rejected by the religious leaders, all the important people in this religion. I'm going to be rejected by them. And then he said, I'm going to suffer. I am going to be tortured, tortured horribly. And then he said, I am going to be killed. I'm going to die. And then as he ended that, he said, but three days later, I am going to walk out of that tomb alive. Alive. Heart beating again, blood running through his body again. Not a ghost, not a spirit. I'm going to be alive, living. He said, that's coming. Now, Right after he said that, then Peter, one of his disciples, and Peter is the guy who always said something even when he didn't need to say anything. And so he pulls Jesus to the side, away from the disciples a little bit, and he says basically to Jesus, Jesus, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you saying? This is crazy talk. That's not going to happen. We're not going to let that happen. If they try to do that, they're going to have to go through me. We're not going to let that happen. That's not going to happen to you, Jesus. We are winners here. (laughs) That's not going to happen. And then Jesus very carefully uses his words. And he body slams Peter with his words and puts him in his place. And then he gathers the disciples with him. And then he kind of gathers all the folks around him and he gives them his version of what winning is. His version, his vision of winning, that's what he does. He gathers them around him and here's what he says in Mark chapter 8 verse 34. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. In other words, you must lose your own way. You must lose it and take up your cross and follow me. Now we hear that and we immediately think, oh, take up your cross and follow me because that's what Jesus did. He took up his cross and he went and died on the cross. Jesus had not yet died on the cross. And for them to hear this, it was crazy talk. It was scandalous. For them to hear this, it was as if Jesus was saying, I want you to pick up your form of execution. And listen, this was no mamsy-pamsy lethal injection like they're talking about in Arkansas right now. This was torture until you are dead. This was execution. Torture until you're dead. And Jesus had just told them, go pick up the method of torture that is going to torture you until you are stone cold dead, pick that up and follow me. This was pretty amazing. Jesus is saying, losers, finders, keepers, weepers. And right after Jesus told them that, That's when he said the verse we just read a moment ago, Luke chapter 9, verse 24. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try to keep it, you will 
lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, if you lose your life for my sake, you will save it. You will find it. Losers, finders, keepers, weepers. And what Jesus was telling his followers and all the people gathered around him was very different from what culture was saying. Because they're saying, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Now, Jesus is saying, nope, that's backwards. Now, flash forward to Jesus in another scene. This is just a bit of time later, and it's just hours before Jesus is going to be arrested, just hours before Jesus is going to to be tortured, and hours before he dies on the cross. He knows that this time is almost here. He knows that. And he goes to the garden. He leaves most of his disciples in one spot, and he takes a few of them with him. Then he leaves them in a spot, and Jesus goes by himself just a little further, and Jesus has a prayer time with God the Father. Now, this blows my mind. This is just craziness that I cannot understand, but this is how God describes himself to us. He describes himself as God the Father, and he describes himself as God the the Son. And this is God the Son, who is Jesus, fully God, completely God, and he puts on the flesh and blood of his creation. God the Son having a conversation with God the Father. And Jesus knows what is coming. He knows what is going to go down. He knows how brutal it is going to be, how severe the torture is going to be, and the death on the cross. And in that moment, In that moment, Jesus has a conversation with God the Father, and here's what he says in Luke 22, verse 42. He says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. He's saying, God, I don't want to lose like this. Surely, certainly, there could be another way for me to to do this, to lose another way. I don't want to lose like this. I know what's coming. I know what I'm going to go through. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to lose like that, Father. I don't want to lose like that. And then he says, yet, I want your will to be done not mine. He says, Father, I want your will to be done. I I don't want to lose like that, but I will. I want your will to be done. I don't want to go through that pain and that torture and that death, but I will. I will make a choice to lose like that. You see, Jesus, Jesus lost for us. Jesus became a loser for us. He did that for us. Jesus did that for you. Here's the truth. 
every single one of us in this room and listening on Facebook Live, we are all going to lose in different areas of our lives. We're all going to lose. We're all going to be losers in some way, in some area, throughout our lives. We're going to lose. That's the truth. That's the reality. Every single one of us. But according to Jesus, losers are finders. So if we know that we're going to lose, every single one of us in some certain areas all throughout our lives, if we know at different times, different moments, we're going to lose, no matter how, who you are, no matter how powerful you are, we're all going to lose at different times in different ways then why not choose how we're going to lose? If we know we're going to, then why not make a choice in one of the ways we're going to lose? You see, sometimes we must make a choice to lose now so that later down the road, further down the road, we can win. It happens all the time. Let me give you some examples. If you are a duck guide, then you make a choice. You choose to lose out on most of the duck season. And you lose out. You make that choice to lose out on that duck hunting season so that you can help other people have a great season. You're making a choice to lose. But you're losing now. But later, you win. When the coin starts rolling in, you make a choice now to lose, but later you win. It's true as well, maybe with a farmer. And farmers are saying, uh uh, we just lose. <laughs> JFK said this. He said, For the farmer is the only man in our economy who has to buy everything, everything he buys at retail. He sells everything he sells at wholesale, and he pays the freight both ways. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I lose. He chooses to lose now, but in the end, later, do you know what happens? An entire country gets fed. And even many countries around the world get fed because of the choices of the American farmer. Maybe you're starting a new business. You start a new business, and if you're a farmer, you're like, yeah, I need to start a new business. <laughs> if you're starting a new business, here's the thing. You are choosing to lose. You're choosing to lose. You're not going to get profit. Anyone who starts a new business and thinks they're going to have profit in the first year or first few years, they have not studied starting businesses. Because you start a business, you're choosing to lose now. Right now, you're choosing to lose. And maybe choosing to lose for several years. But you make those choices now. Then as you're doing it, as you are losing, you're following a very specific proven, hopefully proven business plan and system, and you follow that long enough, and it turns out later that you start to win. You make a choice now to lose, but later you begin to win. Sometimes we have to choose to lose. 
so that we can win later. It happens all the time with Olympic athletes. An Olympic athlete, so often they start as children, and sometimes the late bloomers start as teenagers, and they make some very specific choices as children and as teenagers. They make choices to lose now. Their friends are going to prom. They didn't go to prom. They went to the gym, and they went to work out, and they went to train. Their friends played after school or played video games after school? No, not the Olympic athlete or the future hopeful Olympic athlete. They, they didn't. They went home and they trained. And they lost out on so much. They made a choice. I'm going to lose out on this so that one day, hopefully one day, I have the possibility of winning in the future if I choose now to lose. So if everyone is going to lose at different points in their lives, why not choose some specific area where you can have some losses so that later you can win? Losers will be finders, Jesus says. And we're simply saying this morning that if you're going to lose, then why not choose where you're going to lose. Now, let's go back to Jesus in the garden. Jesus is in the garden. He has that prayer with the Heavenly Father. And in that moment, he makes a choice to lose. He makes a choice to lose his safety. He makes a choice to lose his comfort, a choice to accept this torture that is coming his way. He made a choice to lose his very life. That's what he did. And it was all done with the expectation that just possibly, maybe someday, some of his creation would take their lives and submit them to him so that they could become friends with God. Let me read to you 11 verses out of the book of Romans. It's going to be on the screen for you. I just simply want to read it. I'm not going to annotate on it. I'm just going to read it. Listen to this. Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop our endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly hopeless, Christ came at just the right time and he died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, 
Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies... We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in this wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. When he chose to lose... He gave us the opportunity to become friends with God. Jesus did not bait. He did not bait us into a relationship with him. He did not throw a hook out there with some bait on it that said, hey, if you will just follow me, I'm going to make your life great. I'm going to make your life easy and simple. You're not going to have any bullies at school. You're not going to have any problems with friends. You're not going to have any problems in relationships. I'm going to keep you healthy and I will keep you wealthy if you will just follow me. I will take care of all of that. And then for those who bit onto that hook, he set the hook and then he said, oh, wait, I got you now. Now I'm going to tell you what it's really like. Oh, it's going to be bad. He didn't do that. I am so glad he didn't bait us and invite us with, with bait and then switch it as soon as we began to follow him. He told us from the beginning what it would be like. In fact, he invited you to lose your life and to really find it. He invited you to give up your way and to follow his. He invited you to take up your cross and follow him. Losers will become finders. Why not make a choice if we're going to lose in life why not make a choice where we are going to lose? Some of you this morning, for the very first time, you may be ready to submit what you know of your life, submit that to God, what you know of God. And it may not be very much of either one that you know, but you're ready to take that step, perhaps. Some of you right now may be ready to say, I'm getting ready to, to say something. And the words I say, you may be ready to say what Harley is saying. That's what I mean too. That's what my life is saying as well. What Harley is saying, I mean that as well. If that is you, then in your heart, just simply say, God, I mean that too for me. Because Jesus died on the cross for me. And because he defeated death three days later by walking out of the tomb. And because Jesus has invited me on a lifelong and yes, even eternity long journey with him. Right now, you may be saying, I'm choosing 
to lose my path and follow his. I'm submitting my life to the care and the control of Jesus. I was the boss of my life. But right now, I declare that God is my boss. Now, if that is you this morning, I just simply want to encourage you with a couple of things. Here's the first. As you leave this morning and walk down this hallway and you enter the lobby, as soon as you enter the lobby, immediately on your right is a set of literature racks. I would ask you to take the, the, the paper that says this, next steps, first steps. The one that says first steps. And here's why. We want your first steps in really, genuinely, truly following Jesus. We want those steps to be really secure and solid. And that's going to help you do it. Will you please pick that up today? Here's the second thing I'm going to ask you to do. Before you put your connection card into the giving bucket, will you take the pen that we handed you when you came in and would you mark mark the phrase that says, for the first time, for the first time, I'm making Jesus the boss of my life. I'm really becoming a Christ follower. For the first time, I'm choosing to become a follower of Jesus. Would you mark that box? Before you put it in. And here's the thing. If you, if you don't pick up that next steps. First steps piece of paper. Then I'm going to ask you this. Will you please text me. Email me. Or Facebook me. And I will send you privately. I'll send you a link. Where all of that information is online. And you can read it from your phone. Your smartphone. Or you can read it from your computer. Will you please contact me and I will send you that information our hope is this that we can help you on your journey of following Jesus that's it that's what we want to do now this last step is for all of us we invite you back next week as we continue this series losers finders keepers weepers and we discover how sometimes if we make the right choices and where we will lose we can win later let's pray thank you God you revealed yourself to us as our loving heavenly father a loving Heavenly Father who loved us so much that He chose to lose His Son. Thank you, God. You revealed Yourself to us as the sinless Son of God who, who, who chose Himself to give His life, to lose His life on the cross for us. Thank you, God. You revealed Yourself to us as God's Spirit who chose to lose the amazement of heaven so that you could reside in the very souls of those who choose to submit their lives to you. Thank you, God, for loving us. Loving us with a sacrificial love that we do not deserve and we cannot ever deserve. 
Thank you for choosing to love us. Us who so often let you down. Us who so often turn our backs away from you. And and us who so often do not love you in return. But you loved us anyway. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray these things. Amen.